Welcome to Unclean and Mostly Sober, a family podcast that lacks that family-friendly feeling from a family that's lived it, where we delve into the world of addiction from the point of view of both the addicts and the loved ones they've affected. Come listen to some stories from the street filled with drug use, debauchery, and the preposterous lives of addicts. We hope to entertain you with these stories, and we hope to educate ourselves, and who knows, maybe even you along the way. We make no promises to be socially responsible, politically correct, or sensitive to your views or feelings. But if by some chance we help someone in even the most insignificant of ways, it may just be the best thing we've ever done with our lives. So shut the hell up. Let us feel good about ourselves, damn it. All right, so this is it. This is our first podcast ever. Um, I guess we can talk about what our hopes are and uh, what we expect to come from this show. Should probably tell them what the name of the podcast is. That's going to be in the intro. And he already dropped the um to start. <laughs> yeah, ums. Unclean and mostly sober. UMS. I realize if, if you clicked on it, you probably already know what the name of it is, but you yeah. know. I think it generally helps anyway. None of us are professionals, by the way. Yet. None of us are professionals yet. This is our first podcast ever, and I think maybe one or two of the people in this room have never even listened to a fucking podcast. Mm, I listened to one, just to see what it was all about. Like a five-minute snippet on YouTube? Yeah. That doesn't count. No, I listened to the whole episode, but it's all right. Okay. Good. I'm professional, just not at this. All right, so... For anybody listening, um, just so you know, we are uh, we're hoping to create some sort of dialogue about addiction and their families. But I think this show we wanted to be a little different than than most of the addiction podcasts I've heard out there. This is going to be coming from both sides of the ball, I guess, as far as family. And what they've got to go through with addiction, not just the addict side of it, but we also really want to delve into the addict side of it as well. But, you know, have some open dialogue from both sides. Um, I don't know about you guys, but my goal is to educate myself a little bit about addiction while entertaining. Maybe tell some war stories from the street, um, some drug stories, have some addicts come in and tell some of their stories we've yeah main streets of rp yeah yeah so give a little background i guess we're we're from wilmington delaware and most people don't even know that delaware is a state delaware yeah yeah it's Um, a suburb of philadelphia yeah basically um but people don't realize that wilmington is actually one of the most violent cities in the country and one of the most drug riddled cities in the country it was myrtle murder capital of the world there for Myrtle. I think, uh, yeah, a couple of years running, I believe. Yeah. So. Or at least violent crimes, something like that. Yeah. But yeah, so, you know, we grew up in a, a rough area with a lot of addiction in our family. Uh, us three, by the way, David, Kevin, and Sean, we're all brothers. Um, we also have three other siblings that have all battled with some pretty significant addiction in their lives, mostly heroin, but... Uh, a lot of other drugs as well. Um, so, yeah, there's six of us. There's Sean, That's... Stephen, Christy, Kelly, me, David, and Kevin, the youngest. And we'll get into everybody's stories eventually. I mean, whether it's this episode and... or next or whatever. We'll, 
there'll be stories about all of them along the way and hopefully you know you guys get to learn a little bit from you know our screw-ups yeah our stupidity yeah yeah so uh, this is not going to be your typical uh sobriety podcast we're not going to be preaching to people to go to meetings and all that shit we're probably drinking right now in all reality we're just trying to understand addiction a little better as a family and maybe hopefully educate some other people along the way and just help some people along the way and Um, have fun along the way it's i think it's gonna be a lot of fun because we're assholes um unfortunately speak for yourself that's what i was thinking some people yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) so i think some people may be offended and it's a podcast so you don't have to listen but we'd like you to. It's the promise you there's going to be some great stories in here. Yep. So I guess this first episode, we really just kind of wanted to introduce ourselves and kind of give a brief explanation of where we hope this show goes. Um, you know, eventually we'd like to start interviewing people. And luckily for us, coming from Wilmington, Delaware, there's no, there's an endless supply of addicts. And, and people that help them. And some absurd stories. Some stories I think people... Yeah, we have you know, quite a bit of uh, addicts right here in our own family, so we can you know, obviously start there for one, too. I think interviewing our three other siblings could provide enough stories for a year's a worth of podcasts. Time, at yeah. least. Um, but my goal is, like, or our goal was, like I said, to do some interviews of addicts, hear some of their some of their stories, uh, family members of addicts and their stories, some of their nightmares. We'd like to interview some drug counselors, social workers, or any other experts in the field of addiction. Well, not not just that. I think, you know, eventually we'd like to get into uh, the people whose lives, you know, addicts affect directly. I mean, not just, not just counselors and, and professionals like that, but police and, and, uh, you know, first responders who have to deal with this on a daily, you know, ambulance. Uh, yeah, I mean, this medics. stuff affects so many different people. So, like he said, we have an endless supply of people we can talk to yeah. who this is, has, you know, had an effect Just on. through direct contact with our family, there's probably enough to keep us going for sure. a few years. But Yeah. Sure. But, yeah. yeah, I always, I feel like growing up in Delaware, growing up in Wilmington, I always had this impression that everybody, it's sort of like cancer. Oh, cancer has affected every person you you know in some way or you know some way whether it's their family member them themselves or good friends everyone's been affected by cancer in some way and i always kind of felt like addiction was that same way but you know now you when you get into the workforce and you start to meet other people i start to realize that my stories don't sound a lot like other people's stories like people when i start telling stories about my past i get these looks like yeah same here shit, i've told happened? some i've told some stories before where people were just like wait that shit exists like that's insane never heard anything we, like that in my life and i we've like, talked oh. about this before we've grown up just thinking that this stuff was the this norm was the this normal was, yeah th- that our neighborhood our family this is the way every neighborhood and family was and we get out exactly what david was saying we get out in the workforce and we're talking these stories and people are looking at us like you may not want to talk about that and i'm like wait this didn't happen to you guys as well yeah <laughs> and like yeah. kevin said they're just they're looking giving you crazy looks like no that's not normal yeah I'm like oh Okay, I didn't, I didn't come up like you, I guess. Yeah. I mean, me, you know, I moved up to Pennsylvania and got married to Laney, so now I live in a, a pretty wealthy neighborhood and or wealthy town, and it's, I mean, it's eye opening when you see the difference in the way the kids grow up around here, 
You know, the, the kids you talk to the and high not, schoolers. Not like, saying that they don't have problems with addiction. It's just a completely different uh, dynamic. I mean, you know, we grew up poor, and the dynamic was so much different. There wasn't always help readily available. And these guys, you know, they get addicted to something. And it's not everybody. I know it's not, you know, it's not the same. It's terrible no matter who it is. But some of these, these kids get addicted, and it's, help is just readily available. You know, it's right there. Mm-hmm. In our neighborhood, it was you relied on your brothers, your dad, your mom. There wasn't rehab, maybe yeah. occasionally, but and I mean, and then that's not to say that drug addiction is only uh, a poor thing. A, a poor thing, because yeah, I mean, as many people it, that are, right, it's especially hitting, with the opioid problem epidemic. we've got now. Yeah, I mean, with you know people that get into accidents and you know, whatever may happen, and they, they're prescribed to certain prescription and just go off the deep end or I mean, kids the, the wealthy hold of their parents you know prescription prescription drugs now like it's a huge epidemic in the suburbs right now around all the major cities it's mm-hmm. it's crazy the wealthier folk hide it better yeah sure but but it's it's you know you watch some of these documentaries out there on some of these you know streaming shows or whatever i mean you you'll find out real quick it's a it's a huge issue all over the place yeah yeah and i think you know, as we go, I mean, well, first off, just so everybody knows, the the name of the show, Unclean and Mostly Sober, I think that was mostly derived from the fact that we're not necessarily living the clean lives, at least us three. You know, we, we drink, we, you know, we have a good time, but, you know, we haven't let these things affect our families. We haven't, we're not struggling with any major addictions at this time. I mean... Not that we haven't. I think there's all sorts of different levels of addiction. I mean, Sean and I can probably attest to that. Just talking about food. I mean, I you know I had gastric bypass just in August, and you know I think that was in large part because of my food addiction. So I'm not saying that I don't struggle with addiction, but us three aren't you know going to prison. We haven't been to prison. Lose you know lose our families for any extended period of time. It's but. Like I said, we, you know, we are not addiction living the clean life. So if that offends people who are are listening and hoping that we're going to give you tips on how to live a sober life, maybe we're not your podcast, but maybe along the way we'll get there. I mean, I think with some of the guests we hope to have on, we can teach ourselves. And like I said, maybe down the road can help some addicts or maybe help the family members of addicts how to learn how to understand it better. And how to help them, or at least help themselves, because sometimes you can't help an addict. Yep. So they want to help th- themselves. I think a big part for me, kind of what they do, is educate myself. And it's it, you would think, you know, where we already started, I I would have a better understanding of addiction, but I don't. I mean, it, it's it's really difficult for me to wrap my head around something becoming so all-consuming that you are willing to lose everything. Yep. Uh, and and again, I and I, I've had people explain it to me from different views, and I'm I'm hoping that one of these times it just hits me. And it's like, oh, now I don't I get think it. it's ever going to hit you unless you actually go through it, right. which I hope to God you never do, obviously. Right. Um, but you know, obviously, you guys know my story already, which we'll get into later. But you know, I do know that point of view and have been there. Uh, so it, it's you know, it's real, it's hard, and it's. I know a lot of it is very much a physical thing. It's you got to a point where you're like, crap, I feel like absolute death. I have to take another pill or I have to take another drink of the bottle or whatever just to get normal. 
I got to go to work, you know, I, I need to feel okay. So I know that's, that's, that's a big part of it is just not going through the pain and the withdrawal. You have to keep doing it or you go to rehab and detox and go through the steps and, you know, get yourself clean. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, speaking for myself, I think I've, I've come across a few situations in my life where I think if I would have made a different choice, maybe even on down to one day, one minute, my life could have been completely different. You know, I mean, there's been times where I felt myself becoming addicted to certain things. I mean, there was back when we were teenagers back in Richardson Park, there was a while where, uh, I don't know what everybody calls it, but back then we called wet. it we called it wet, yeah. but uh, basically uh, PCP, right? I mean, yeah. it's, um, and then there's a lot of different names for it. dust, I guess, at some point, but uh, I'm not you know, sure. and it was go, a very short-lived thing. For it was, us. it was, and for me, it was. I mean, it was a couple weeks where it was like everybody was doing it in our neighborhood, and I can remember the day that we all tried it for the first time, and it was an insane experience. Nuts. Um, but I remember doing it for a couple weeks straight. And I remember the one day I woke up and the first thing I thought was, shit, I got to go get some wet. And that scared the shit out of me. And it, like, I felt like I needed it. And I, you know, we had already seen what our siblings had gone through at that point. We had perfect examples of what not to be. And that scared the shit out of me right then and there. I stopped and I had a similar situation when, you know, my friend Steve and I, we had an apartment by the time we were 18 years old and it was, we were the first people that had our own place. So ours was our, our apartment was the party place. Oh yeah. And I can remember one day waking up to go to work without even thinking about it, went to the fridge, grabbed a beer and chugged a fucking beer at seven in the morning, six o'clock in the morning. And it hit me after I chugged the whole beer. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? I just chugged a beer, getting ready to drive to work. And I right then and there. I stopped drinking for, for quite a while. I'm, I drink I, now, but I think I've, I'm at early a, drinking. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm at a point now where I, I can handle it. I don't drink much. I drink maybe it's, once a week, if that. Yeah, same but here. I think I was a little younger. I was. I was a lot younger. So I kind of had the same same thing as you is, you know, drinking and you realize, wait, this is not what I'm saying. I was freshman in high school and mom and dad caught me drinking for like the second or third time. <laughs> All in, all in thanks to my lovely foster sister, Kim. Slash know. girlfriend. Oh, <laughs> I was not talking about that. Um, that was weird. But yeah, I, but you know, I remember, you know, dad, dad drove to the Especially since house. her other brother was kind of. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's not throw my, throw up my mouth here. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, so I was 14 and I mean, you know, I, I stopped drinking. At that moment, I realized, like, wait. I was like, I'm getting drunk every single day. Freshman in high school, I, before my 15th birthday. Literally, it was about Good a Lord. week. I was exactly a week before my 15th birthday. See, I don't think I knew that. And that, and I stopped. I stopped drinking. I never had another drink the entire time I was in high school until we graduated. And I, the day after graduation, I got hammered. But <laughs> anyway. And then continued to get hammered. At the end, anyway, so I stopped for, I mean, I realized. I was like, well, if I'm going to go to school, if I want to get good grades, if I want a future, I know I couldn't drink. At 14, I realized that. And I mean, I was the same thing. I, when I when I left freshman year, when I left school that year, uh, my we had locker mates. And mine was a good friend of mine, Diane. And we had gone through our closet. I mean, our closet, our locker. 
And at the bottom of the locker was a half full handle of vodka. <laughs> and she, it was buried under some coats and stuff. Obviously, in the summer, we didn't need the coats. And she's like, um, is this yours? I'm like, put it in my book bag. I'm like, it might have been from Yeah, you know, that's bad that you already understood, and like, not already, but the fact that you were 14 years old and you're like, oh, crap, I have to stop drinking to get through high school. It's not a good thing that I'm drinking every day. <laughs> like, uh, most 14-year-old, 15-year-old, 16-year-olds never even crosses their mind. They don't have these problems. They don't have these issues, you know? Like, They're worried about getting laid. That's... Pretty much. I mean, but they're certainly not thinking about alcoholism. You know, they're just but, but worried again, about that's, dragging their ass out of bed, getting to school. But again, that's the family we came up in. Yeah, we, I know. That's we, what I mean. Yeah, that's that's we were why raised around. we knew. Yeah. Dude, when I when I tell Laney stories, my you know, so this is David, my wife, her name is Laney, grew up in Westchester, Pennsylvania, which is only half an hour from Wilmington, Delaware, but it is a completely different world, world. away. Yeah. And, and when I start telling her stories about my high school, like I mean for me, it was normal. I would walk around high school when I was in 11th grade. I was walking around high school with a quarter pound of marijuana in my backpack, selling it to kids in, in high school like it was nothing. Yeah. I would bring gin to school in a Sprite bottle and drink it right in class in front of the teacher and just chew peanut butter crackers. I'm walking around school drunk, was, selling was, pot. And it was, it was like this. It was normal to me. Yeah. I didn't think it was a big deal. Everybody was doing it. It was like, you know, I wasn't the only person selling pot. I mean, we were fucking doing acid in school. And you talk to Laney about that. She's like, are you, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like that, that just didn't happen. You know, up here, like, you know, so uh, Tyler, our nephew lived with me for me and Laney for six, seven years. He went to high school here where, you know, it's mostly wealthy kids and his six years in middle school and high school here in PA, he never saw a fist fight. Never saw a fist fight. <laughs> That's crazy. Growing up in Wilmington, it was a, a daily, daily thing. Yeah, At least literally. once a day. You yeah. saw fights in school or you fought in school. You had to fight. It was just part or, of life. Or yeah. they happened in front of your house and mom and dad would take the kids to the park while yeah. it happened. So, you know. Oh, yeah. uh, or, that's a story we're going to get into another time because that's one of the... <laughs> I, dude, I was... I don't remember how old I was, maybe eight years old, but still one of my most like prominent memories that I remember like every detail to. I was, it was 17, 18, insane. and you're, yeah, you were probably five. Kevin would have been four or five. Yeah, I was and, like eight. Man, I, I didn't think I, I was that. that young, but I remember that like clear as day. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we'll get into that one another day. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a story for, yeah. that's yeah. A, That might be a whole episode. That was right around the same time that I witnessed uh, one of our neighbors get, their leg get, blown get his calf blown out with a shotgun yep. right in front of our house. Mr. Who Dave. was that? That was Dave. We don't. Yeah, we won't use last names. Yeah, we won't use no, last no. names, but uh, it was a very prominent family yeah, yeah. in the neighborhood. No, 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 I know. Dave, yeah. But I thought, I thought it happened down the street. I thought it happened two blocks no, down. No, no, right on the corner. No. Like, oh. we could look. It was, it was right, right there. It was right in front of our next-door neighbor's house. Okay. I, I sat and watched it out of the window. No, uh, not doors. Prominence a yeah. bad word, by yeah. the way. That, that makes it sound like they were, you know, like kings. Well, yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, well, they, they thought they were. <laughs> yeah, they, they definitely did. All right, enough inside stories. The listeners don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Let's get back on track. And we'll track. get into most of that shit later. All right, so, yeah, I guess our goal was with this episode was to kind of give some background of who we are. Are we still on goals? I thought oh, that passed I, 10 minutes ago. I don't fucking know. This scotch has me a little foggy. <laughs> Dick. Oh, my scotch is gone. Um... I don't know. So I guess, do we want to introduce ourselves? Get a little, give a little background, explain who we are. Yeah, let's start. To, well, medium there. Yeah, we'll go into birth, <laughs> birth order. So 
the the elder statesman Sean. Yeah, I'm the old guy, um, fat guy, formerly not I mean, not as fat, but still fat. You're a fat fuck. Shut your mouth. Um, just because you you know, had surgery, dude. The hell was that? Coughing. No, sound like you ripped <laughs> on an air. <laughs> I didn't want to like cough while you're in the microphone. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so yeah, I'm the old guy. I'm the one that got to test everything for these guys, you know, going up. But the odd thing is, even though I was the firstborn, most most of the experiences that uh, I had with addicts and everything else came from my siblings, not from not from me being addicted to something, but from learning from them, from them being addicted to something. Um, I never even tried pot until I was, and obviously I had an issue with alcohol. I just mentioned, you know, when I was a freshman in high school, but I never even tried weed until I was 21 years old. Uh, and that was very short lived. I smoked weed for like two years. And then I actually, because of my family, I walked into a party at one of our brother's house. One of the siblings is not here. And guys that I knew my whole life that smoked weed were doing Coke and crack and, many other things and I looked at that I looked at the weed in my hand and I was like yeah I don't want to do this anymore this is not where I want to take my life uh and I quit like that and I think maybe in the 20 years 25 years since that's happened uh, 25 how old am I uh, all right maybe You're old as fuck maybe in the 18 years since that happened um I I might have smoked weed once in that time twice maybe I don't know it's not my thing. I haven't done it in a long time. But anyway, so. Yeah, that wasn't way, the, the way case off. for me and Kevin. <laughs> way off. Not even close. Way off, way off topic there. But I mean, that's, you know, basically that's where the, that's the viewpoint I'm coming in, coming in from. It's, it's the, the older guy looking at it, learning from his, his younger siblings. I don't, I still, as I explained earlier, don't understand addiction the way I wish I did. Um, and as David mentioned in the very opening, I, I've had issues with food. I, but I don't see it with, I don't see it as uh, a, a big an issue as some of the uh, the addictions I've watched my family go through. It's you not, know, the heroin, debilitating. Yeah, like I'm not going to. I know that if I eat that cheesesteak, I'm not going to go to jail or die. Well, I might die. I mean, my heart, you know, could give out. But, <laughs> oh, it's coming. <laughs> but, but it's a longer process. I, I realize I'm not going to overdose from a cheesesteak. You know, yeah, and you've been going to the gym. Pretty steadily for a couple months now. Now, and 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 that's the thing is I've and yeah, but I, I can picture Sean just being that guy that walks on the treadmill like two with miles a cheese an hour, just <laughs> just staring at the fucking yoga pants all day. Like, man, he works out. My mm. wife is gonna listen to this. Damn it, <laughs> she knows. I know that's that's truth. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, I I like so I understand you know having to walk away from something, but I don't understand the. Uh, as I tried to explain earlier, I don't understand giving up everything for that addiction. See, to me, that was, you know, we all need food to survive. I may have indulged a little too much, survived a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's, anyway, that's. You are one surviving ass motherfucker. I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. Fat bastard. <laughs> So anyway, that's that's where we are, um, at least from my point. And I, I didn't have any serious addiction problem. I mean, you know, yes, I drank, I still drank, um, but never to the point where I'm willing to lose anything for it. I'm not willing to lose money. I'm not willing to lose my family. Certainly not my family or anything else. Now you're not. You don't wake up in the morning and think about drinking right away. 
Well, it's more of a social well, thing. Sometimes it depends on how my kids are reacting. I may wake up and be like, <laughs> Jesus, I need something to drink right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, no, I don't. And, and you know, I'm even, and I don't want to say this. That's addiction. Yeah. I, and this is, I, I don't want to throw anybody. I'm not, I hope I'm not throwing anybody under the bus. Anything, but I even think that I'm learning from my kids now. I'm not saying that my kids are, you know, heroin addicts or anything like that. And I hope I, I, I saw it happening in person just last weekend just with Jake and his it well I, we don't need to talk about it I guess yeah no no but I mean but yeah but those are my concerns you know I mean so I'm learning from just not just from my siblings but also my kids and everything else and seeing how they have to deal with this stuff that to me I grew up with as an everyday occurrence a normal thing so I'm, I'm actually learning more from them how they're dealing with it than I did dealing with it myself yeah so anyway that's me uh, I'm Sean, the oldest, whatever. Uh, the next youngest under me will be Steven. He's not here. Uh, he's one of the ones that probably has more stories than we can fit into 12, 15 years of episodes. I feel like him and Kelly probably battle it out yeah, there. Yeah, I, probably good. But I'm, anyway, sure, Steven, I'm sure Christy's got some good stories too, but yeah, Steven and... Steven, Steven and I are almost Irish twins. Uh, my parents may wait a little bit longer, than the normal Irish twins, but not much. So he's about a year and three, four months younger than me. Uh, and he is probably between he and our youngest sister, my youngest sister, Kelly, they're the biggest reason, uh, not the biggest reason. That's not the word they are. They're going to have more of the stories than, than anybody else. I mean, we're going to learn a lot more from what they have to say than anybody else. Probably. Yeah, hopefully they'll uh, they'll be willing to uh, divulge some of the stories that I think really we, could be entertaining and and helpful for people. Because right. I I've heard some of the stories firsthand, and I mean even growing up the way we did, you hear some of their stories and you're like, holy shit! Yeah, those stories we were talking about that other people and you know, like they were telling them that are like, oh my god, and it just, that that's normal stuff to us. That's you know, Stephen and Kelly. Still, yeah, they tell us stories and we're like. Holy shit! Yeah. That's that's insane. Yeah, they, they even shock us. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So Stephen and Stephen's growing up, his drug of choice. I mean, you start off with weed and alcohol and everything else, but you know, he he built into um heroin eventually and pills and everything else. Crack. Um, crack. Yeah. I mean, so you know, Actually, we had a I'm pretty sure bit of an issue with with crack for a while. No, he did. Absolutely yeah. did. Yeah. I, and I've yes, actually, I, me- I remember. I remember family members having to take him food when he lived under a bridge. Yeah, on Thanksgiving. Because, yeah. So, but anyway, those those yeah. are stories for later. But anyway, so yeah. he's he's one of the guys that he's one of the people that will in, in a later episode will introduce, and he'll be able to explain his better story his story better than obviously we can. Uh, but he would be the one youngest under next youngest under me, and then we have Christy. Christy who is another one of our siblings not here, who had battled addiction issues. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. Of, of of all of our siblings, I probably know her addiction issues the least. And that's my own fault because I probably spent the least amount of time trying to get to know her. And that's Well, I, th- I think that was also probably by design with Christy, too, very, because I feel like Christy... Hit it better. Yeah. yeah well, she hit it better, but she also is just not as willing to be open about it. Yeah, like, a little it, bit like, more like Kelly, I feel like more than anybody, Kelly, more than Steven or Christy is the one that she has no she, problem. She, yeah. She just, for whatever reason was has, open about it. has no filter and will just tell you any story, tell anyone her story 
seemingly. Maybe not all of it, but uh, most Good. of it. Most of it yeah. Enough of that's going to make you, you know, uh, shake. You'll, the, yeah. You're like, oh, what the hell? You'll feel it, yeah. Yeah, so I know a lot of this right now is probably confusing to the people listening. Like, well, we want to hear these fucking stories. Oh, well, you will. You will. This that's, is episode one. Yep. We're just trying that's, to introduce that's ourselves. That's the point. We just want to explain what the goal for our show is, and hopefully we can uh, actually. Just stick around. Yeah. You'll get the story. Um. So then, so yeah, then there's Christy, and again, I would give you more, and, and none of us are separated by that many years. So, uh, Kevin, Stephen, and I are separated by a year and a couple months, and then Christy was about a year and a half after, uh, was almost exactly a year and a half after Stephen. Um, you know, and 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 for the record, these guys, Stephen and Christy, both have you know families and are you know they're they're productive members of society we'll get into that <laughs> um and then after christy there was our other sister kelly who is right you know side by side with steven as far as stories and what we're going to uh probably take up a lot of our episodes future episodes talking with her um yeah and by the way we have spoken spoken with all three of them and they have all agreed to come on and tell their stories um i don't know what kind of limitations they're going to have on their stories but it's up to them yeah i I, but i think they're going to have some mind-blowing stories and you know their thought is well if i can help one person i think it's a great idea so hopefully it can or if not it'll at least entertain some people and i want to give a little disclosure Ahead of time, if you guys hear background noises, we are doing this in a basement at the moment. We don't have a professional sound studio. Uh, so know. it looks it looks pretty legit, though. It, oh, it looks legit, but, you know, it's not. Booms and filters and <laughs> boards. But so anyway, if you guys are hearing background noise, we apologize. We, we eventually will, you know, as we learn about the technology, we'll hopefully improve. I, How honestly, I don't think it's going to be that bad. I, I don't. I mean, no, I no. can't hear much through the microphone. No, I, 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 so. I, I just heard somebody walking upstairs through my headphone. That's the only reason I said that. Right. Anyway, so uh, Kelly, yeah, that's going to be a fun trip. That's going to be uh, that's going to be interesting. A big one. I mean, you're going to hear some really wild stuff from from that one. Yeah, and and yeah. when I say wild, that's and well, and deep and some pretty heavy stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, stick around get, for that one. Yeah, now, now, getting back to the whole birth order and kind of introducing our family, the biggest gap was actually between me and Kelly. Kelly, so yep. Kelly was number four of six. I was number <clears throat> five of six. And we are, I think, almost four years apart. Uh, she was 79. You were 83. 83. Yeah. yeah. Wow, so I was really lucky to be born then because you and I are three, you were, three years You're apart. the only one of, of the bunch. You're the only one born on an even year. Am I really? The entire family. I didn't know. Actually, I didn't realize that either. Actually, I think might be. And I gotta believe, there's no doubt I was an accident. Like after you five (laughs) bastards, it's like. Do you think any of us were planned? Well, golden golden boy down there. You know, I wasn't planned because I was mom was pregnant before she got married. Oh yeah, that was a big no no in her family. Yeah, Yeah, big Irish Catholic family that just does (laughs) not believe in uh, birth control, birth control whatsoever. Yeah, Hence the reason we have point, over 80 first cousins. Legit, over 80 first cousins. Is it 80? I thought no. we were, I thought the we number were, isn't that high. Uh, I don't know. I was talking to I thought it was, I thought it was in the mid-60s. 
First Jesus, cousins. I thought we were still in the fifties, but no, I thought we were in the sixties. I could have sworn. No, oh, I'm sorry. I'm talking about dad and oh, mom dad. on oh, both yeah. sides. Yeah, yeah, we're both we're well over. Uh, I mean, obviously, yeah. most come from mom's side, <laughs> but yeah. Okay, so anyway, Sean gave a brief description of Kelly, and Kelly is probably the one more than anyone that has served more prison time. Well, without a doubt, yeah, has served more yeah, prison yeah, time. No doubt. Seeing and, she and we'll just get into got that. out again like two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah and, you know, and hopefully she'll she'll get into that. I, you know. There's some pretty pretty deep shit to talk about there, and hopefully she'll be willing to to expand on it. Um, but then after her was me. I'm Dave, David, whatever you want to call me. Um, not so. Yeah, not so fat anymore. So for me, you know, I kind of I approached these guys. I don't know, maybe a month or two ago, about wanting to do this. Uh, me personally, I've been I, I've been going through a lot of. I guess self-improvement recently and it sounds weird. I feel like I'm one of those guys that's just out of nowhere, like searching the self-help section and everything. Um, and so I had gastric bypass in August of 2018. So it's been not 2017. Yeah. It's been about four months. Um, so far I've lost about 106 pounds as of this morning. Um, Congratulations! Yeah, yeah. Fuck, I, I've lost more than my wife actually weighs. I was more than triple, <laughs> triple my wife. But Poor you know, girl. I just it got to a point where, I, like I said, I couldn't keep up with my kids. I've got two, almost three year old twins, and they're insane. And trying to keep up with them as a three hundred thirty year old, three hundred thirty pound fat ass. <laughs> That's really fucking old. I, I, you know, with the advances of modern medicine, maybe one day. Um, but, you know, I, so I can relate to addiction somewhat, but not to this level. So I don't mean to sound like I can, I can really relate to the people that will probably be drawn to this show. But I can speak a little on addiction. But um, There's a different so, kind of But to addiction. get back to what I was talking about... It's weird. Ever since I started the surgery, I've just got all this like newfound energy that I just I've got to put it somewhere. And I'm just like I'm losing my mind. Like I wake up every day like six in the morning, and my eyes are just like boom. And I'm just like it's, again, it's your weird. Poor wife. Yeah, he's <laughs> <laughs> put it somewhere. <laughs> I said my eyes. Calm down. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I yeah, I've just got all this energy that I've got to I've got to focus somewhere and. I'm on this real weird, like self-help kick recently where I'm trying to like, just almost reset my brain and the way I think and the way I, I do my, I, I do my daily business. And like I said, a big part of this is I I've been trying to educate myself in a lot of different fields. And one day out of nowhere, I was, you know, we were talking about, I think we were all talking about this, talking about the podcast and it just kind of hit me like, well, shit, if there's one thing we all know more than anything, it's addiction. And it's something we can speak on from the family's point of view and have our family tell some stories. So, I don't know, that's kind of where I am right now. Like and, I said, I, and, and the other side of that is, you know, we, we've we all listened to podcasts, obviously, other than Kevin, who we were talking about earlier. So, and most of the podcasts we heard, you know, in this area, especially all sports-related um which, you know, we'll obviously touch on some of that stuff because there's, you know, some addicts in sports. But the other part of it was that it's usually, if you hear a podcast related to addiction, it's usually one side of it. It's usually the, the, 
uh, the Dr. Drews of the world yeah. or the, the addicts, you know, um, I, 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 I unfortunately, I, I don't know them that well. And I, David knows them better, but has listened to them more, but like the guys from dopey, unfortunately the one guy got, you know, rest in peace. The one guy recently passed Chris. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's usually from one side or the other and we're kind of, we're in the middle of this, you know, this is the way we grew up and we are not, it, it, we're not obviously not professionals. We're definitely assholes, yeah. but it's, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of going from the inside of this out to everything else. You know, we're going to be touching on all the other stuff. Yeah. So I, and to kind of explain part of what really wanted me to educate myself more on addiction is it actually came more from a friend than our family. So we've already told about how, how much addiction we've battled in our family with our own siblings and, and our father, for that matter, we haven't really talked about that, but, um, we will, to me, it was, you know, we've been going on what, 20, 25 years now where someone in our family has been battling a major addiction, typically heroin. But I, over the years, you know, having just grown so cold to that, I just, it got to the point where I was just so used to it that I just didn't think about it. That I got to a point where when one of our siblings went off the deep end after even six, seven years of sobriety, it was the I, I just felt like I had to distance myself from that at all times. Like I'm raising a family now, I'm married, I've got kids of my own. I don't want to be in that world. I moved away from Wilmington for a reason so I can raise my kids in a, a safe environment. Safer. But, yeah, safer. Um, but then it all kind of came to a head a couple of years back when my best friend, Steve, out of the blue. Now, it, to give a little bit of background, Steve was, has always been probably the most solid person I've ever known my entire life. And out of nowhere at, 33 34 years old he gets this addiction to crack it just grows an affinity towards crack and it's weird because I mean, he had a good job he's raising kids got his own and home, just his fucking own out of the blue like the, like the most solid person in the world just out of nowhere stumbles upon a crack addiction and it's the weirdest thing and for me it was like i've i've always had this mindset where when someone when someone goes down that road, I've just, I've naturally just distanced myself and maybe it's that's hard. wrong. Sorry, Christy, Kelly, Steven, uh, you know, I, it's well, just maybe, right maybe it's now a where you mechanism. are, I mean, you know, with the, with your children, um, that whole process you had to go through already. You don't, you know, yeah. And to explain what he's talking about, my twins are adopted. Right, we'll so we'll expand sure, on that. Yeah, I'm not sure later, how but. much you wanted to talk about that or not. So yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. Cause there's a whole nother side yeah. of addiction when it comes to that too. Uh, absolutely. Um, that they have the already, but yeah. 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 So, well, do you mean, but to me, like getting back get to the Steve, lineup. Yeah. But getting, getting back to Steve, like, I, I feel like I had to like start to rethink how I was handling it. Like, this is my best friend. This is someone who I look at you depended like, on, like a brother. And you I depended depend- on weekly and daily. I, I, yeah. I did. I depended on Steve for a long part of my life. And for someone so solid to out of nowhere just become an addict just seems so strange to me. And I'm and I had to kind of reevaluate everything. And I had to think like, do I handle this the way that I've handled everything with my siblings? 
would it be fucked up of me to want to help Steve where when my own siblings have battled through addiction, well, you were I've, also, just, I've just basically fucking abandoned them. You were also a lot younger going through that shit with our siblings too. Yeah, so, you know, and... And probably you you were probably closer to Steve than you ever were yeah. with any of them. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, my experience with addicts has, has always been you can't, you can't change the mind of an addict. They have to be ready within themselves to, to make a change. Like, there's nothing anyone outside is going to be able to do or say to help them, at least in my mind. That's what I've always seen. That's been my experience. So... Unfortunately, that's where I went with Steve. I kind of touched on that for one second. And actually, that's one of the things that that kind of kills me about addiction. And I was thinking about this the other day is the the whole intervention thing. So you're talking about you can't force an addict to do these things. You have to be willing to help themselves. And I absolutely agree. And I'm, I'm sure we'll get into this topic more once we have professionals on and everything else. I never understood the purpose of intervention because I was always taught that they have to be willing to help themselves. The only th- reason I could see an intervention working is if that makes them realize, oh, shit, this is really bad. I need to help myself. But I, I don't see forcing someone to go to a rehab. And it, when when does an intervention typically take place? When they're at their darkest hour, when they are in the deepest place of their addiction, when everyone's finally just like, okay, this is enough. Like, haven't you hit rock bottom? And at that moment, like you said, I mean, they're not in a place mentally so to be able to change that, themselves. No. And, and they're not in a place mentally to be able to accept a bunch of people that they know and love standing around and telling them what they're doing wrong. So that might be Judging. another thing we get into later on is 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 how we look at the standards of treatment anymore. Yeah. Because I, I that's one thing I just don't understand. It's like I, I really think that... <clears throat> You know what might be considered the standard now might have to change along the way because I don't think that's I, I don't think interventions help. I, maybe I'm wrong, and I'm sure we'll have somebody on to argue it, and somebody will you know eventually hear this and tell us that we're way off base. But that anyway. Oh, that's what you know, Doctor Drew Hollow. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, that's all he does, right? Um, <laughs> anyway, I didn't mean to derail Dave's train of thought from talking about Steve and and his you know next in line here. No, but that, I was just kind of trying to explain my train of thought when, as far as how I'm looking at addiction and why I want to educate myself, because I, for whatever reason, all the years of Christy, Steven and Kelly battling their addiction, I, I don't know, for whatever reason, it never really got me to the point to where I wanted to educate myself. I was just cold to it. I was numb to it and just wanted to disassociate myself. Kind of just ignored it from that altogether. So now when, the most solid person I feel like I've ever known all of a sudden becomes an addicted, an addict. It just fucking confused me. I'm just out of nowhere. I'm like, how does this happen? Like, how does this happen out of nowhere? So like, you know, I I want, I want to learn more about it. And I think obviously you guys do too. So again, absolutely. This is, this is part of why we want to do this show. Learn more about it. Learn how to, help them if we can at all help ourselves help ourselves understand it help ourselves to be able to cope with it well you're right too like you know have like i've never talked to this kevin by the way um never talked to a professional i've never you know went and you know sought out therapy or we we did as a family well as a family way back in aquila i remember yes um yeah i remember that the the family sessions but i don't i don't know how much it helped I don't remember. I, do. I remember being there, but I don't remember. I can tell you how much it helped. 
Well, yeah. yeah. Zero. Not much because you they know, all continued. They all continued. Um, anyway, well, I guess this is a decent time to segue into you know my introduction, Kevin. I'm the youngest of the six siblings. Um, I guess I would say I probably know a little bit more about addiction than uh, David and Sean, just because you know I had my own addiction for a while. You know, actually not with food or anything like that. Um, never got crazy, you know, it, well, well, sure, I did, but I, you know, it was never heroin, it was never It's a crack. relative term. It, yeah. Um, you know, I never, I never tried, like, the hardcore stuff, like, you know, heroin, crack, um, anything like that. Um, you know, my thing was prescription drugs, and... Which, nowadays, are just as bad as heroin, I mean, with... With the advent of with fentanyl and all this stuff, it's you know, sure. Um, I mean, half of the shit out there on the market that these doctors are writing prescriptions for are heroin. They're just legal heroin. It's just legal versions, sure. Um, so yeah, um, I definitely had, I had a really close relationship with Kelly uh, when I was younger, and some of the things that happened, and you know, I saw her go through. Definitely had an effect on me, um, you know, the things she just did as, you know, when I was a kid, it, you know, definitely messed me up. It, it, you know, took a toll on me as it took a toll on all of us. Um, but yeah, you know, regardless, I think I have still done, you know, that addiction stuff I was talking about a minute ago that, you know, I was pretty young. I was a teenager when I went through that stuff. Uh, since then, I think I've done a pretty damn good job of... Um, you know, just leading a productive life, uh, built my dream home by the time I was 30 years old, 29, 30 years old, uh, I have a good job. You know, I've been with the same company for 10 years now. Um, I'm a manager there, um, travel all over the place for work. Um, when I say all over, I'm, you know, East coast, the tri-state area. Well, it's like quad quad (laughs) five states here. Yeah. Um, but Doing pretty well, um, you know, until, you know, wife and I separated and sold my house recently, and yeah, so now it's just me and my kids, so it's definitely an adjustment, and I'm, you know, learning to deal with some, some new things right now, and yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. Single dad, um, I definitely lean on my brothers heavily whenever I got any Ladies, issues. line starts to the left. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, whenever I got my issues, I definitely, I, I lean on my brothers, uh, pretty heavily. Uh, they have been my support system. Like I said, I've never actually sought out any help and you know, what me and my wife, um, went through it's, I probably should have gotten help. There's no doubt. I mean, you guys know, I went through the darkest point of my life. Um, even when dad passed away obviously went through a world of hurt then and I was 19 at the time and never you know when everything happened with my wife I I think it was how it happened obviously um you know my best friend of 10 years when you feel that type of betrayal from you know the person closest to you in the world it's you know it it turns your world upside down and best friend and betrayal both came from the same person just yes I don't think you explained to be clear yeah it was 
His wife was the betrayer and the best friend. So well, well that I'm I'm sorry. I thought that it was obvious. Yeah. Your significant other, your significant other. I mean, technically, she is my best friend. She knew everything about me. I spent I every was. day with her. Was yeah, right. Was, yeah. Um, but yeah. So it's so guys, just real quick, interrupt Kevin. Eventually, we will put video up of this, and it'll be easier to tell who's saying what. But this particular conversation will not have any video. We're not recording it. Because none of us are pretty enough and put makeup on this morning. You know, so. that was one thing I was worried about with this podcast is do we all sound too similar? Like, I know, Sean, I know you sound different. You've got a deeper voice. You're, you're just more, I don't think so. You're just more manly than us, whatever. But <laughs> I think me and Kevin sound very similar. And I feel like me, uh, I think we all, we also no, sound so. very similar to Steven. No, I, so, uh, I can, I definitely hear the difference, but again, I, you know, I've known you guys your whole life, so. Uh, maybe it's know. just I thought Kevin had a sexy voice, and I hope I sounded like him. <laughs> that's probably it. Sounds like he's a little bit sick today, so maybe that's making him sexier. A little bit. He's I got am a little bit, sorry. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I just, whatever, I, I am where I am now. I'm, you know, doing pretty good, and, yeah, introduction, over. Yeah, still like scotch, sorry. Definitely yeah. still, you know, definitely <laughs> like drinking, for sure, some... <laughs> Some good sketch. Yeah, so you guys will hear as we get through the show. Like I said, we're not exactly living the clean life. You know, we'll we'll get into different things and why we think maybe a marijuana is amazing and other shit. But uh, some people may not like hearing that, especially if there's some of you that are on the road to sobriety or are newly sober and are really trying to. And for those that Fine, are, cut everything out. But, and f- for those that are, we completely support you one hundred percent. Just know that we will not be following suit one hundred percent. Right. I, it, it's it's a different road for everybody. Some of us can deal with these things on a day to day basis, and not allow it to affect us. Uh, others can't, and those that can't are the ones that really need the one hundred percent sobriety. We support yeah, you absolutely. I'm not um, saying it's always going to be obvious with us, but yes, I mean I, I think, like we said down the road, um, this this first episode may not have been all that entertaining. I don't know. Fuck um, you! I was entertained. <laughs> yeah, I'm, we're entertaining ourselves. I don't know if anybody else is going to like it, but um, what, it, and what just, he meant by that? There's a circle jerk going on right now. Just, shh, we're family. <laughs> this just got creepy. <laughs> Um, Kevin's shaking his head for the records. <laughs> he wants no part of it. But yeah, so you know, we're we're hoping that once we get some some professionals that can really uh, speak intelligently on the matter, maybe it'll be a little more professional. And once we get some some major addicts in here, they can entertain you guys a little more. Maybe they'll be a little more helpful than we are right now. Ooh, major addicts, Robert Downey Jr. Is it- oh, you meant just. Huge addicts is not famous. Okay, never mind. No, Sorry, that, way that, off topic. That would be awesome, too. This is episode one. You got high hopes, man. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, I don't know. So you guys are probably really, probably young enough. I don't know if you guys remember when Robert Downey Jr. was like oh, a complete do. wasteoid. Yeah, yeah no, like, I do, too. Like blacklisted because of how. Uh, and now he's like a number one, one, one of the richest. He's like, yeah, yeah, one of the most upper echelon uh, actors yeah. out there. Like, he's Iron Man. Like, the dude is... <laughs> Name is Price. That's yeah. But anyway, sorry. I digress. <laughs> um, I don't know. Is there anything else you guys want to say for this first episode? We're at fifty minutes. I think we're gonna try and keep these shows to around an hour. Yeah, forty-five minutes to an hour. Would well, be good. just uh, again, just touch on a little bit. Just you know what I was talking to you guys about earlier. Just so you guys know, 
stick with us. We are definitely going to have some crazy stories that you guys have never heard before, well, obviously, but like maybe even a story you've never heard anything like this. Like, there's some serious war stories. Um, you know, we got some fun, crazy, wild stuff that you guys are probably going to be laughing your ass off about. And we got some stuff that, you know, maybe even bring a tear to your eyes. Like, we've been through some... Fucked up shit. Hella shit growing up. Uh, even as adults, we've been through some brutal shit. So, stick with us. I mean, we're we're going to have some fun shit to talk about. And because yeah. our memories are really, really short, might have something to do with addicts, addictions, we might rehash a lot of shit that we already... Uh, hash, by the way, not a... Did not, pun not intended. But, I like hash. Uh, figures. But anyway, so we may rehash shit you've already heard, but... Trust me, stick around because uh, there is some stuff coming that you guys will. You'll you'll be entertained. Entertained, we'll yeah, that's that's a good word for it. Entertained, yeah. Whether it's you know you crying or laughing your ass off, you'll be entertained. Yeah. I, maybe this is the wrong time to do it, but I've got a funny. It's really just a pot story. It's not really an addiction story, but throw it out know, there. Throw it out we, there. We, we were we were talking about how one thing and come down to a split second really could have changed our lives for the the worse or the better. I've got a story that really could have changed mine and Kevin's lives. Is there for, a third option? Huh? I'm pretty sure I know where you're going. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, it's really stupid. You know, it, we were teenagers and uh, there was four of us. We were in, in Wilmington. We're, Who are the four? We're, you, Kevin. Me, Kevin, Steve, and a Chris. guy named Chris that you wouldn't know. Okay. Um, we're all hanging out in Steve's pickup truck. And we, you know, we thought we were clever. We go hide in a uh, an industrial. No, park. see, that's the thing. It wasn't clever at all. Steve parked in a spot that was just. We were right on a main road. We were right on Jermaine Drive. It was like, all right, well, all right. Well, anyway, we. The idea was it was an industrial park on the weekend. That the industrial park. Who's going to be there on the weekends? No one was going to be in this park except for cops. No, it wasn't even a cop. Remember, the guy walked by and saw us, and we assumed that he called the cops because he walked by and was very suspicious. But what were you anyway, doing on this meeting? Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's get back to the point. So we're, we're all sitting in Steve's pickup truck, two people up front, two of us sitting in the bed of the truck like hoodlums, and we're just passing a blunt back and forth. Did you have a couch in the bed of the truck? No. No. Oh, okay. So you're even more ghetto than normal. Uh, sure. Um, so anyway, we're smoking, and couple minutes, maybe five, ten minutes after the guy that walks by, um, a cop rolls through and sees us. And, of course, like idiots, we see the cop and immediately we just, phew, just fucking pull out. We pull out on Maryland He's Avenue. this way. So we went that way, obviously. Yeah, and, and we got out on the Maryland Avenue and didn't even make it a block before the cop followed behind us, pulled us over. Yeah, barely and, made the left turn. And, and and now, keep in mind, we had about an ounce of skunk in a bag underneath the front seat. Not just the blunt. So, cop it, pulls us over, and, and there's no hi, there's no hiding it. The truck smells like yeah. pot, and he knows what's going on. And For the record, I'm shaking my head. Just I know it's on the air. So, <laughs> so we, we we stuff we had the blunt in the back, so we actually stuffed the butt the the blunt in the the truck liner. Yeah, it was and, like this little hole in the truck liner. Yeah, yeah. Shoved so it in there. We shoved it down there. Completely demolished that blunt, which sucked. But um, really good weed. <laughs> But the cop starts searching us all. I mean, I, I it's it's crazy how this happened. The cop searched Steve, searched all of us, and he gets to Chris, who actually had the pot under his seat. And literally to the second when he is about to reach under the seat and find this pot. And this is before 
you know, pot was legalized for medicinal use in, in Delaware. And before all the laws really started easing up on marijuana, the cop is just about to find it. And I shit you not, we hear boom. boom. It's um, a Mexican guy runs a red light, gets smashed by a truck and literally gets sent through the wall of Delhi delight. Do you remember oh, the yeah. Delhi delight right yeah, there? Right on the corner. Yeah. yeah. You're right across from the Delhi so Delhi this guy gets smashed into the wall of Delhi delight. Like, and, wait, his As car or him personally? His car. His car. car. He runs a red light. And he didn't no. get thrown out. No, no. no. So he, uh, he, his, his car gets hit and he gets smashed into the deli. And the cop looks at us. He's like, unfortunately. Well, no. Well, first you. he ran up to the crash and he's you guys stay put. Don't go anywhere. And then ran back to yeah. us. He's like, it's your lucky day. Get out of here. Yeah. yeah. So the guy, guy, guy says, unfortunately, oh, I'm going to have to let you guys go. We're like, unfortunate for who? Yeah, unfortunate for you. And like. We drive away and we're all just speechless. We're just like stunned. Like, I mean, I'm not kidding. This guy was inches away from finding this pot. Yeah. I mean, literally never been closer. Like to that's being that slow-mo movie moment yeah. where he's reaching. Yeah. Under. Okay. <laughs> Seriously. And then boom, like this accident, unfortunate for this poor guy, but like whoever the douche was that ran the red light, just like saved, saved our asses, yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, you know, and as a, I guess I call myself a Christian, I'm more just I'm religious, but don't necessarily go to church. Um, I don't think I, I don't think I ever thanked God so much <laughs> as you know as much as I did that day. But you know, and that's not to say we've never actually been arrested or anything for other stupid shit. But I think that was that one, particular moment. That was, was one that would have probably changed the course of our lives because having a charge like that, having you know an ounce of pot, that's when it starts to go into the distribution. You know, and it would it would have fucked us. You know, I would have never been able to get a good job. I, I mean, it would have changed my life for the worst. I think from then on, and, and it really, I don't know. I don't know why I went into this fucking story, but it just reminded because me. Because that's what this podcast that's, is about: yeah, I mean, addiction our, and the shit that happens. Yeah, and this is nothing. We're, we're talking about pot. I, I don't think I realize no I physical think, addiction, yeah. but yeah, I don't think many people are. I don't no, think there's many no episodes. guidelines to this to this show. We're going to talk about all of our war stories. We're yeah. going to get into all this shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and this again, this story is nothing compared to what. Yeah, seriously, you're gonna like hear. that is nothing. From the true addicts in our lives um, that like, have some fun stories, and and even and, us, and to we be clear, have even more wild stories. I don't stories think than we, that. I don't think we've touched on this. To be clear, our three siblings are all clean at the moment, to our knowledge. And we're all have to say at the clean. moment because it has gone back and forth well, many that, times. That's just it. We've seen we've seen them get sober for six, seven years at a time, and you know one thing or another happens, and they end up down that rabbit hole. Usually ends up starting with pills and then leads moving down. on from there. Yeah, yeah. I, and well, and I don't know. I not always pills. I've seen it start with alcohol with them, and just you know they they can't deal on this particular day. Moves to alcohol, and then well, you know what? I can handle that. Let me try this. I've never really seen that with Kelly or Chris. Yeah, me either. With Kelly, it's kind of always been like Xanax or yeah. Pill. I feel like right. Ke- yeah, Xanax, Kelly, right, it's always yeah. started like oh, I've got this back pain, I got to do something about it, and it's like all of a sudden she's on Xanax, and then yeah. boom. I, and I was, defense. and actually we'd started talking when we were doing the introduction. We talked about Kelly. I was actually going to get into a story um, about about addiction, what I learned from her, but I fair, I'm going to save that for a later later date because it was it had to do with when she came out. Yeah, 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 when she came out of prison the first time. And got a job with my wife, but anyway, we'll get into that later. I don't want to. I don't want to 
But well, see, those are the kind well, of things. Tell that story. Yeah, exactly. Those are the kind of things that. Uh, well, no, I I think it was more observational than it was uh, detailed real life. She can she can give me what she was thinking at the time, give us what she was thinking at the time, and I can tell her she's fucking lying and full of shit. But <laughs> well, that's, I mean, to me, that's where I want to go with this. I want to ask questions like what it was like, what the physical aspect. What of were it was you like. thinking? Yeah. No, I mean, it's like. Yeah, mentally I want to know about it, but I want to know, like the physical aspect of it. like how did they feel? Like what what did they go through? Like when they're getting when they're jonesing for it, and they need it. Like how they felt and like what it did to their body. You know, I mean, I, I want to know. I want to know about all aspects of it, the physical side of it, the mental side of it, and just how easy it is for them to fall down that hole. So I, I just yep. I, I feel like that world, even though we saw it from. Within a slight our house. distance, yeah, a slight distance. To me, it's another world away. It's more yeah. than just a slight distance because we see it when they come back home. So if you think about it, they're not going to walk in the house. Ha- well, they're typically not going to walk back in the house high as shit. They're coming in when they think they're at their best. We're not seeing them at their worst. We're not living that world in the streets. Some of the shit that they've done and seen in the streets, I, like I feel like it's. What that, we've seen you know, doesn't that's, even compare. That's to always that. been a sign of when we've known they were messing up again. Like when they're clean for a while, we're talking. We you yeah. know, we communicate all the time, and then all of a sudden, we don't hear from them for weeks, months. Drop it's off like, the face of the earth, son of a bitch. Yeah, and you already know. You know something. Whether they, and then you hear a story from whether they're doing you know jumped right back into heroin or if they're just taking Xanax. You always know that's always been the telltale signs. Like some bitch, I haven't heard from her for weeks or months. There's then, something then, going on, and then you know, two three weeks later, oh, I heard from a, you know, friend of a friend of a friend. She got picked up for robbing somebody or something, and you're like, and yeah, I, I was just what happened? I was just she was fine a week ago. Yeah, yeah, anyway. and I, you know, I think that's something I've been learning recently. I forget the, the exact term, but I think it maybe disassociation or something that that they actually are all kind of taught. I want to say maybe it's an NA or an AA thing where, you know, they're, they're supposed to actually disassociate themselves with their previous lives. And maybe that's when, part of it. Maybe they disconnect from their families because you mean when they're coming down, like when they're, when they're cleaning trying, up, yeah, when they're trying well, to, yeah, but I'm talking about when this is, we found out when they, yeah, yeah, I guess we're talking about, we're fine. Yeah. I mean, we're the opposite end of it. You know, they, they would, this was not a purposeful disassociation. This was a disassociation because they were fucking high and forgot to call us or exactly didn't want us to know. And they thought that by disassociating yeah, or because not, the drug has just taken over their lives and it's just everything else has become. It, yeah. Just, consumed them all consuming. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right, guys. So anyway, that is our first episode. I hope you guys stick around for many more. Uh, I'm Sean. That's David, David. Kevin. And we will be back soon. Thanks, guys.